0: W-A. I am Geraldine, I'm here with Amanda and Virginia, and we're going to get stuck into some interesting topics today. Uh, Amanda, start us off. Okay,
1: thanks, Jerry. So Virginia, I'm really curious, you're from the Philippines, yes. you've been here quite a while, and you have the President of the Peel Multicultural Association, mm-hmm. you're the Citizen of the Year, and you work for us, and we're very excited to have you here today. So can you tell us, obviously you come from the Philippines, what was it
2: like for you going from the Philippines into the Australian culture? Actually, I thought when I was coming here that life will be easy, but I was wrong. Being a migrant is the hardest experience I ever have. Mm -hmm. And there were times I wanted to go back Mm. because I cannot find my job here for the reasons that my education and my work experience It's not recognised in Australia.
1: That's tough. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have that sort of... They come very qualified to Australia and they find that they can't work or they have to take jobs that are, you know, well
2: out of their qualifications. Mm -hmm. So how did you overcome that? Well, I've been uh, immensely involved in doing my volunteer work as a president of the Peel Multicultural that connected me to different organisations. And... That connected me to Hepatitis WA as well. Mm.
1: Okay. And um, so with your children,
2: were they raised in the Philippines or or were they raised here? Well, actually, they were born in the Philippines. And we came here when uh, my daughter was five and my son was six years old because I thought they will have a better future here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what about...
1: Um, hepatitis in the Philippines. What was that like? Did anyone know about it or did
2: you, how did, did you know about it in the Philippines? Actually, my kids, uh, when they were born, they had the vaccine, but uh, personally with me, I was not aware about Hepatitis B. Nobody in my country was telling us about Hepatitis B.
0: I just had a question, actually, regarding when you moved to Australia. You're saying that you had to pretty much start again in terms of setting yourself up. You've studied, you've qualified, but now you're sort of going back to the beginning to start this new life. What was the, I guess, the motive um, to start everything again and move to Australia?
2: Yeah, actually, as I said, it was hard. But then now that I am employed with uh, several organizations and I have already found my way to be in this country. It's like, you know, I've been doing a lot of volunteer work. I've been recognized. So I think it's, um, for now, I'm a bit settled. Mm -hmm. But there are times that I still wanted to uh, go back to my lifestyle in the Philippines. But then, again, I was able to adapt with the Australian way of life.
0: Yeah, and there's quite a big Filipino community here Mm -hmm. as well. Because I think for myself as a migrant as well, I find now I've been here for 14 years, um, I'm stuck in the middle as well. And it's trying to find a mix of both. Um, And that is a bit of an identity issue sometimes Mm. for me. Um, do you find that with your kids? I guess they came here when they were much younger. Have they struggled a bit with, I guess, fitting in, or they've adopted more of the Australian life? Uh, my older? children, they
2: are more Australian now. Right. Yeah. Actually, they have forgotten actually being a Filipino, uh, heri- on a Filipino heritage. Yeah. So, but there are times that with the foods, you know, I serve them uh, Filipino foods. For them to not to forget
1: totally. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So I just want to um, draw it back to hepatitis a little bit in the Philippines because it is a big issue, isn't it? Do you know how many? Like, do you know? I think from memory there was uh, 10% of the population Mm. of the Philippines is positive for hepatitis B, and that equates to about 108 million people.
2: I know, and it's uh, it really it makes me sad, you know, that uh, there are so many cases of hepatitis B in my country. That's what made me very passionate in promoting awareness, especially to the Filipino communities, and of course to the other uh, nationalities as well, or to the other migrants here in Australia.
1: Mm. So, how did you get involved
2: then with Hepatitis WA? How did that happen? Actually, I met Amanda. She came for an information session in Manjava. I met you. And then um, from there on, the Multicultural Futures, they used to be a Fremantle uh, Multicultural Services Center. And they sent me an email that they were, uh, Hepatitis WA were looking for ambassadors. From different uh, countries. So I rang up and I said, I wanted to be an ambassador. And the first time they said, okay, we will call you. But they never called me up. <laughs> so I had to ring them up again. Yeah. And I said, I wanted to be an ambassador. And they said, no, it filled in. No, I said, I wanted to be an ambassador. Yeah. So they had to take me in. And true enough, I was so passionate.
0: Yeah.
2: I've done a lot of Information sessions, and we have done um, three clinics in Manjura because you know I really wanted to uh, be part of Hepatitis WA.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious as to why you were this passionate about hepatitis. I'd imagine there's a lot of other things that would affect Mm. the Filipino community. What was it about hepatitis that made you think, I need to get involved in this?
2: Yeah, I think uh, one is because I was, as I said, I was not aware about hepatitis B. And uh, when Amanda explained, you know, about the hepatitis B, it's something like I told myself that I was compelled to do it and promote the awareness. So I was really thankful that you came. To Manchuria at the time and uh, did the hepatitis B talk. And that uh, also um, encouraged me and enticed me to go for it. And if given the chance, I said, I will be a part of uh, this uh, promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: you have been with us for a number of years now, in first a volunteer capacity and then uh, employed by Hepatitis WA. And you've been a real leader in the field in getting the message out to many, many people. And I just wonder, what is the feedback from people in your community about hepatitis B? Did they know about it, or how have they
2: received you with these messages? Actually, they didn't know about uh, the details of hepatitis B. They only know about hepatitis B as is, but not... Uh, how they can get it, the transmission, the prevention, no, um, nothing on it. So when I did my Hepatitis B talk with the different uh, Filipino community groups, they were so happy. And even one of the lady that we met at the gala told you that she learned something, you know. At least now they they know, they are aware, mm-hmm. so, It's really, for them, you know, they were quite happy, and I still want to do more. I will never stop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have you had any, um, say, negative responses to your presentations? I guess now you're speaking of the good interactions where people are enjoying what you're teaching them. Have you ever had people that, um, yeah, just have negative things to say or just have a different understanding of what you're doing?
2: Yeah, I think Geraldine, in every aspect, no matter what you do, there will always be uh, some people who will give negative yeah. uh, feedback. Yeah. Or we call them bashers. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> uh, yeah. bashers.
2: They bash you, <laughs> yeah. and it happened. Yeah. It happened to me.
0: Mm-hmm. What's your craziest was... bashing story?
2: <laughs> Actually, you know, last time that uh, they called up the office and trying to uh, discredit me. Yeah. You know, and that was the worst. Yeah. This that was the worst that ever happened to me, and it was the first time. Mm. And uh, it was beyond uh, imagination that there are people who can do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So I was so furious. I put it on the Facebook.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and got the consul involved.
2: I got the consul involved. With yeah. that, because I was, you know, it's um, my personality. I, I am very transparent on how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, you know, so I called up the console. I told her that I wanted this to be uh, addressed.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, but generally, positive feedback, people embracing the message.
2: Positively, Geraldine, there was yeah. only one. Right. That's, Time, that's that good happened. Actually, I know. Considering how long
0: you've been doing it, if you've mm. only had one incident like that, mm. then you must be doing something right. I
2: think they Conducting were just jealous of me because I mentioned that my contract was extended for another eighteen months. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Love it. I
2: know. I yeah. think they wanted to be me, but yeah. unfortunately, they can't be me.
1: There's only one you, Virginia.
2: Yes, of course. I know that. So, what, um, you're
1: a very busy person, you work for us, you have Peel Multicultural Association, you do some other work for other people, and you have so many events, like the weekend just gone, we had, well you had, we had the uh, Langley Park,
2: Bar, yeah, Bar- uh, on Saturday
1: Easter, yeah, yeah then Sunday the, Sunday was the flower festival Yes. and then Sunday night was the gala dinner for the 75th Filipino Australian anniversary.
2: Right, yes. And
1: then you
2: have to work all week. How do you manage? How do you manage? Actually, I wish I was uh, younger, like Geraldine. <laughs> <jewellery. laughs> <laughs> you know, I think when you're there, you just have to uh, do your responsibility. Just yeah. Do what you can, you know, Mm. to the best of your ability. But I, I, as I said, I still want, uh, those are challenges for me, Mm. that I think they make me a better person, you know, all doing, all juggling all those uh, activities. Mm. So I cannot give up being the pill Multicultural. Mm. I cannot give up with my other uh, jobs as well because I'm dealing with migrants grain I am really passionate about and I cannot give up hepatitis WA of course because I am so grateful with the opportunity that uh, I am working with you guys.
0: Do you reckon you have opportunity to add more to your plate or you're full? (laughs) You're full, completely full. To add To add more, to add more to, when you think about your future the next few years, is there anything else that you're thinking you'd want to get into, add on to the things you're doing now, or you are um, quite content with the work that you're doing at the moment?
2: Actually, uh, there are times that I am contemplating to uh, just focus on some things that I'm really passionate about, Mm -hmm. but one thing for sure is I don't want to give up hepatitis WA. Mm -hmm.
1: I just want to go back to something that's bugging me. Um, I know you work with uh, new migrants that are coming into the, well, relatively new coming into the country. And some of the issues that they deal today, have to deal with today, are they the same as what you had to deal with when you came? Or is it different now? Or is it better? Or is it worse?
2: Actually, uh, things are better now because there are support when I came here I didn't know anybody there was no one like me supporting the migrants Mm -hmm. so I had to find my own way now on the other hand uh, we are now more open and we can see now the issues because it's like they come to you so we we know how to address now the issues Mm -hmm. but mostly what breaks my heart are those uh, women on domestic violence, it really breaks my heart and uh, how I wish that uh, we will have the time that it will be uh, totally eradicated. Mm. Are there services available for domestic violence where you are? Yeah, there are so many, so I refer these women to uh, like the women's refuge, to uh, the community legal services, so they will know their rights as well. Hmm. And often than not, they are also threatened about uh, their visas, especially those on um, spouse partner visas who are not yet uh, permanent residents. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Has there been an increase in domestic violence or is it on the decrease? There is an increase. Why? So, Do you think that is- I don't know, it's more because, you know, this, um, I think one time I said if there will be a way for them to stop it, for uh, these men from Australia going to, especially to uh, the Asian countries, mm. they go and pro- they go there and promise all these women to give them a better life. Mm. And the thing is after uh, the marriage breakdown they can go back again and get another one i have one client uh he been the fifth wife fifth. Beef. Oh. so i said what happened every time the guy they divorced and on domestic violence but still he was allowed to go back and get somebody it's
0: else a filipino wife every time
2: or just no different? unfortunately it's another country okay but the Filipino women, too, mm-hmm. we have a massive numbers on domestic violence. Yeah. Is that common
1: practice for uh, men to
2: have several wives once, you know, and get divorced and then get another one? I don't know. So yeah. I, I told uh, those who were uh, doing the stop domestic violence in Australia that uh, they should... Find a way to stop it, but they told mm-hmm. me that it's a federal or government problem. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you can address it mm-hmm. on your own or with the community. Mm-hmm. It's hard to um, work with someone going through such a traumatic
1: event. You know, how do you protect, how do you look after yourself with regards to listening to these stories? Like, how do you manage that for you? Because that's hard,
2: hardcore. Story. it is really very hard yes. and at the end of the day after they come to me i'm also a broken person mm. and sometimes um to be honest it affects me mm. sometimes i feel sick mm. but then if i don't do it for them if i'm not there for them who will mm. you mm-hmm. know they need somebody who they can feel uh, comfortable with
1: yeah
2: so they can uh, tell you the issues or what they are going through. Mm -hmm. You know, they need somebody they can trust. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Why do you think that when they come, um, there's such high levels of domestic violence? Why are they not speaking out? What's the reason that they're not accessing services?
2: Yeah, because, like, from my country, it's, uh, like, we are not allowed... To speak outside what we are going through. So it's like a taboo for us to be um, like telling people what is going through with us. Plus, women are submissive. Mm. You know, they think, even when I was young, I thought that my father is the God. You know, whatever uh, law or rules he will uh, give us, we have yeah. to follow.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. So that's how it is. Yeah. From uh, my um, country where I came from, you know. Cultural thing. Yeah, it's a cultural one, that's why we are here. Yeah. To tell them that the, uh, violence is not acceptable not in acceptable. Australia. Mm, yes. You have really to uh, point it out. Mm-hmm. You know, you have really to um, Convince them to report mm. any abuse mm. that's going on with them. And plus, as I said, you know, I always talk about uh, women on abusive relationship. First, they don't have finance, uh, financial assistance. Mm. They don't have money because apparently the husband doesn't give them money. Mm. So they stay. Mm. Secondly, they don't have anywhere to go. I tried to refer them to the women's refugees, but often than not, at full. There's no space available. Mm-hmm. So they cannot uh, flee that relationship. You know, women who got no family here, who got no support from others, they uh, tend to keep quiet and just uh, endure the abuse domestic violence a big issue in the Philippines as well, back home? We don't have domestic violence, Amanda. It is normal to be hit. Like when you are young, wow. if you commit okay. uh, a mistake, they can walk you, you know, so they can slap you. So it's, for marriages. us, it's natural. Within marriages? Yeah, even in marriages, wow. you know. I As I said, they don't they are not allowed to speak it up outside the house, outside the home. Otherwise it will bring like, uh, it will ruin the reputation of shame. the family, a shame, embarrassment. Okay. So it is a, a
1: culture of
2: then, uh, some uh, uh,
1: domestic violence is quite common then in, but they don't call it domestic violence. Yes. They,
2: it's just We'd, normal. It's a normal, yeah. normal thing. Sadly, it's normal.
0: Wow. That changes what I had asked before, yeah. actually. Because I yeah. thought maybe they're coming here and they feel stuck now being in this abusive relationship and they can't speak out, but they actually don't even realise anything is wrong, per se. And it's when organisations like yours, people like you, I guess, pointed out and say, you shouldn't be going through this, this is not acceptable, that I guess their eyes are mm-hmm. opened and they realise maybe i can talk to someone about that that's a Ooh, that's a big shift because it's is. not a, a yeah. natural thing. it
2: is yeah so when i went to uh do my domestic violence um information session mm. amazingly or disturbingly they don't know the different forms of domestic violence yeah, they yeah. only know and aware about the physical one yeah ones.
1: yeah not the emotional or financial emotional it's...
2: financial yes. yeah Technology Mental, one, yes. mentals, so mm. all of those, they don't know.
1: Yeah. So education, it's like, I mean, hepatitis is a health issue mm. and domestic violence is very much an, a health and well-being and safety issue.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And education is the key, isn't it, for both of them? Yes. Education is... Something that needs to happen. Mm. Do you think that we're doing enough in Australia, or is there any education in the Philippines, or what's your opinion
2: on education? There's no education session or promoting awareness on different things in the Philippines. Actually, um, I wanted, I, I was planning that when I go back, I will do. Um, education session on hepatitis B in my village, because I have one classmate, her brother uh, died and they did not know it was hepatitis, the cause was um, the inflammation of the liver. So he was in the hospital, he was sent home because he got well, but the next day they went back and it was, they found out that it was the inflammation of the liver and he died the next day.
0: Oh. oh my goodness.
2: That was severe then. But yeah. mm-hmm. I said if they were aware about the hepatitis B, the causes, you know, the transmission, the prevention, mm-hmm. it could have been, uh, the death could have been uh, prevented. Mm. So I feel sad. Mm. So it's one of my... Um, aspiration is to promote hepatitis B in the villages whenever the COVID is gone and we are allowed to travel. Yeah. okay. Look, thank you so much
1: for talking with us today, Virginia. It's been very enlightening about coming to Australia and what it's been like for the Filipino community and, and hepatitis B um, and how it's not really an issue in, in the Philippines, yet there are huge numbers. So you're doing a fantastic job. So thank you
0: very much. That's great. Thank you so much, Virginia. We look forward to hearing more about what you're doing, and we might have you back for a part two <laughs> of this episode. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you. And, uh, yes, I am very grateful to be part of Hepatitis WA. Mabuhai. Mabuhai, yeah.